welcome back to the Between the Lies podcast, where we deep dive into whatever wicked or warped subject we might find our way into, and those of us who have listened to the show before know just how deep we go on certain subjects. We certainly do our research on some of these theories that we're researching, and personally, I hypothesize and reach my own conclusions. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't reach your own conclusion on your own time. That's actually what this podcast is all about as well. Please feel free when I'm making these episodes, especially it might be one episode you're just listening to because you're interested in the topic. Do your own research, make your own conclusions as well. But if anybody can gain anything from the Between the Lies podcast on this episode or any episode, and thank you to all those who've been listening all along the way, uh, it would be basically to open our eyes to some of these things in the world that... Once you really look into, you see that the world is a lot more corrupt than we truly know. And today we're going to be talking about something that I possibly believe that could be corrupt. And I think there's a lot of disinformation out there about this certain topic. But I think there's a lot of theories that are compelling and absolutely could be true about this topic as well. Today we will be talking about CERN which for us who don't know is a research facility in Geneva or around Geneva, Switzerland, which was established in the 50s. We're going to talk about some of the history of it. Basically, they, over time, have not tried to alter the universe, but they are trying to study the universe, throwing particles together, basically making these huge machines that throw atoms at each other. And some scientists along the way have warned that this could possibly open different timelines, different dimensions, even Stephen Hawking himself, who many of us know, uh, unfortunately his name also came up in some of the Epstein leaks, so unfortunately his name is tainted now, but nonetheless a very smart person, uh, generally regarded as one of the smartest people of all time, especially in the scientific community, he also came out and stated that a black hole could form because of some of the experiments that are happening at CERN. So I want to go into some of the history of CERN and deep dive into that so we all understand the general facts about when it was established, who has their hand in it, etc. So let's start from there and start with the full timeline of CERN, and we'll go into theories later on about if this has possibly altered any timelines. We hear about the Mandela effect so much, and that's the big one that many people theorize maybe the Mandela effect Uh, All these things we remember from our childhood that basically we remember one way and it actually apparently happened another way are due to some of these experiments at CERN that are happening. And uh, so let's dive deep into the timeline before I go on a tangent and then we will get into theories later on in the episode. So nonetheless, speaking about the origins of CERN, uh, we're reading straight off of a timeline online uh, that was established and apparently is being endorsed by CERN. It's literally timeline.web.cern, so it has to be endorsed by CERN. So here is their timeline of events, how CERN came together as a program, etc. At the end of the Second World War, European science was no longer world class. Following the example of internal organizations, a handful of visionary scientists imagined creating a European atomic physics laboratory. So a lot of big steps going on in science, especially at this time. So big names in science would come together and basically decide to be pioneers in science and create this super laboratory. Such a laboratory would not only unite European scientists, but also allow them to share the increasing cost of nuclear physics facilities. So again, there's many hands in this pot. 
Uh, there's 20 plus countries that are involved that we know of. For all we know, the entire world could be involved in it. And these are people that are donating money left and right to CERN. So instead of these countries that maybe only have a billion dollar budget, spending most of that billion dollar budget on an atomic or a nuclear facilitator, reactors, etc., they came together and decided, hey, maybe if we all go on, go in on this together, uh, we could get it together and get the same information we're all looking for at a bargain uh, of the price. So the official ideas for CERN would be kicked around in December of 1949. It wasn't until 1951 that CERN was officially established with parent countries signing on 11 original parent countries, none of them being the United States, which is something we'll get into later, basically signing on and making this official. To this day, many more countries have signed on, and it is even theorized that many more countries are a part of it that just go unnamed. Uh, but nonetheless, the first meeting of the CERN Council quickly followed the signing of the CERN Agreement. Uh, basically, these countries at the time were fighting for the opportunity for this laboratory to be built where they wanted it to be built. It was a big attraction almost to them. It was cutting edge in science. In the 1950s, not a lot of things were going on with technology. Sure, there were some things, but not like we have today. As to where today, if something like this was built, it wouldn't really blow our minds the same way it would blow people's minds in the 1950s. So similar to the Super Bowl and cities around the U.S. fighting over the Super Bowl, you had countries in our world fighting over where this laboratory was to be built. So in October 1952, the question of where to build was actually posed. Geneva, Switzerland, was actually selected as the site for the CERN laboratory at the third session of the Provisional Council in 1952. This selection successfully passed a referendum in the canton of Geneva in 1953, June 1953 to be exact, by 16,000 votes to 7,000. It was selected from proposals submitted by the Danish, Dutch, French, and Swiss governments, but Geneva's central location in Europe... Swiss neutrality during the war and the fact that it already had hosted a number of internal organizations all playing a role gave it the supreme edge. While preparations were being made to establish the laboratory in Geneva, theoretical work could be carried out in Copenhagen. By March 1954, ground had officially been broken in Geneva, Switzerland under the eyes of Geneva officials and members of the official CERN staff. In September 1954, the European Organization for Nuclear Research is officially born. At the sixth session of the CERN Council, which took place in Paris, the convention established the organization and was signed, sealed, and delivered by 12 founding member states, which we'll state now as well, Belgium, Denmark, France, the Federal Republic of Germany, Greece, Italy, the Netherlands, Norway, Sweden, Switzerland, the United Kingdom, and last but certainly not least, Yugoslavia. On the 29th of September 1954, following ratification by France and Germany, the European Organization for Nuclear Research officially came into being. The provisional CERN was dissolved, but the acronym remained. So officially, the acronym before that was CERN, and that actually embodied a French word, which spelled out CERN, which was the same thing, Council for Nuclear Research, but they kept the acronym and just switched the name at that very point. Now, in May of 1957 comes CERN's first particle accelerator, 
And we're going to talk about that, but first I want to go into exactly what a particle accelerator is and why we should think about it very differently than maybe most of us do. But let's define it first and then go from there. So a particle accelerator is a device that speeds up the particles that make up all matter in the universe and collides them together rapidly or into a target. This allows scientists to study those particles and the forces that shape them. Specifically, particle accelerators speed up charged particles. Now, organizations such as CERN would lead us to believe that this is just in the name of science and nuclear research, but when we're thinking about it, they're actually tearing into the fabric of the universe. So is it possible that they're delving deep into the universe, and obviously we just don't have access to this information? Many people have pointed to Stranger Things and the entire Hawkins lab and all the things that go on in Stranger Things with going into different timelines and worlds and dimensions. Is it possible that that is kind of a warning of letting us know exactly what could actually be happening at CERN? Of course, they're not telling us that they're opening different universes because that would scare the public. But when you look at the definition point blank of what a particle accelerator is, I mean, it's literally tearing into the fabric of the universe. Let that be known. Scientists such as Stephen Hawking have actually warned that such particle accelerators ramped up to such high proficiencies could possibly tear a black hole that could swallow the entire universe. So it's not exactly secret that they are opening different stuff and they are completely playing with fire, whether they'll admit that officially or not. Anyways, as far as the timeline goes, in May of 1957, CERN would build and coin its first particle accelerator, and the title of the accelerator, and I'm not kidding when I say this, if I pronounce it wrong, sorry, you guys know I'm bad with pronunciations, Synchrocyclotron, okay, I got it on the first try, I won't get it again, I'm not even going to try again. Nonetheless, it was built in 1957, CERN's first particle accelerator. It provided beams for CERN's first experiments in particle and nuclear physics. In 1964, this machine would start to concentrate strictly on nuclear physics alone, leaving particle physics to the newer and much more powerful proton synchrotron, which is another particle accelerator. It became a remarkably long-lived machine. In 1967, it started supplying beams for a dedicated, unstable ion facility called ISOLD, which carries out research ranging from pure nuclear physics to astrophysics and medical physics. In 1990, ISOLD was transferred to a different accelerator, and the SC, we'll call it, closed down after 33 long years of service. Now, I want to fast forward a bit to current day because that's when it really gets juicy and some of the theories really come into play. But basically, CERN has been innovative in these type of physics aspects since the 1950s, and we know so much about them, or we think we know so much, but you have to remember this is another government facility who's only going to tell you a third of a percent of what they really know. So at the end of the day, we know from the American government that they've hid the fact that they had non-human biologics found on these UFOs, etc. We were lied to about places like Roswell for years, and some of the UFO sightings that were disregarded. Now we have David Grush coming out and testifying um, in front of political members saying that we've been lied to all this time, and the government isn't shying away from that. So when we talk about CERN, it seems when you're reading on their official page, etc., 
that they're not doing anything dark, they're not doing anything sick, they're not trying to tear a hole in the universe, they're just doing all these experiments in the good name of science. But me, I'm a skeptic, especially when it comes to these big facilities that are billion dollar funded yearly. And so many countries like we talk about, including the U.S. at this very point, has its hand in CERN. There's 23, I'm sorry, 21 or 23 member states currently, and there's a couple countries that are allowed to, they call it, visualize CERN, and basically are honorary members, the U.S., being one of those countries. So anytime the U.S. is involved as well, I know that the stakes are high, and I know that the truth is whatever they are developing at CERN, they're not going to tell us the full and 100% truth. So that brings us to the Hydrant Collider, which is basically the most up-to-date version of these particle accelerators that CERN has built. So let's talk a little bit about that, and then we'll get into the good stuff and theories. So the Large Hadron Collider was operational first on the 10th of September 2008, but initial testing was delayed for 14 months to the 20th of November 2009 following some magnet issues and incidents that caused extensive damage to over 50 superconducting magnets, their mountings, and the vacuum pipe. Now I do just want to point out one thing about this particular collider. When we're talking about the budget of this collider, it's going to be 7.5 billion dollars. So it is literally one of the most expensive scientific instruments ever built. Apparently there are ones that cost more money that don't come to mind immediately for me, but nonetheless, a 7.5 billion dollar science experiment with 20 plus countries in on it and me and you are supposed to believe that they're just interested in studying atoms and it has no recourse for jumping timelines, opening portals or anything like that. So First and foremost, something that's $7.5 billion, you are not going to sit there and convince me that it's only to throw atoms together and observe it and it's for nothing else. I mean, at the very least, we have to start questioning what these type of companies are doing, and it's the same invincibility they operate in as politicians. These people should have to answer for these type of things. The truth of the matter is we think we know what's going on at CERN. The truth of the matter is we don't. And we really need to get to the bottom of it. But let's talk about some theories because obviously we've talked about the history of CERN. We know the importance of CERN. And we know how powerful some of these machines they're conducting are. Now there have been various theories along the way that have captured my imagination and really made me want to look into the history of CERN and get into that as well as research it for myself but go over that on the podcast today. But nonetheless, some of these theories really make you think. Again, they're all just theories. I want you guys to do your own research, come to your own conclusions, as well as listening to the podcast. That's what the Between the Lies podcast is all about. But let's talk about some of the theories along the way that kind of make sense and some of the weird satanic ties that also revolve around CERN that aren't exactly denied. And there's just some weird coincidences and numbers that play all into each other along the way. That really make you think, is this CERN company, the machines, the particle accelerators they're putting together, something deeper and darker than we'll ever know? Let's talk about the theories. Now, many people over the years have theorized that CERN is satanic in nature and is being used to open portals and try to get to the underworld or make contact with possible demonic entities. Now, I want to point out an odd statue out front of CERN, which many people have provided as the proof 
that CERN is connected to some type of satanic agenda. Now, I personally don't believe that, but nonetheless, there are some oddities that go along with the statue that we'll talk about right now. So on the 18th of June 2004, CERN unveiled an unusual new landmark, a two-meter-tall statue of the Indian deity Lord Shiva. This was a gift from India which celebrated CERN's long association with it, which started in the 1960s and continues strongly today. Now, Lord Shiva in the Hindu religion uh, basically symbolizes a life force. And as a plaque alongside the statue explains, the belief is that Lord Shiva danced the universe into existence, motivates it, and will eventually extinguish it. So I just want to say one thing right now. Do I think that this particular statue proves that CERN has some type of satanic agenda or satanic ties? Not at all. It looks like to me, based on everything I'm reading, that this was just a gift from India, and this is what they believe CERN to symbolize. But you read it on the plaque, and you know exactly what it symbolizes. And the last part of that last sentence I just read, it talked about Lord Shiva dancing the universe into existence and eventually extinguishing it. So it really just makes you think, and kind of makes me worry in a way, um, why would they have a statue out front that symbolizes somebody extinguishing the universe? Instead, you would hope they would have something out there that symbolizes like longevity of the universe or the world never ending, but to have a statue outside that symbolizes the extinction of the entire universe is certainly eye-opening and certainly makes you wonder, and I can understand how that could easily be misconstrued. It certainly is weird, but it does not mean that CERN is satanically tied. So I just wanted to get that out there. Many people have used that statue as their proof that CERN has satanic ties, and that in itself doesn't prove it, although it is a bit eye-opening for sure. Now, this next possible connection of Satan and CERN literally makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. I got goosebumps all up and down my body reading this, and look into it if you must. If you haven't heard this one, put your seatbelt on. So, in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 13, Jesus states, I know that you live where Satan's throne is, and yet you hold fast to my name and have not yet denied your faith in me. Not even in the last days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was martyred among you where Satan lives. Jesus here was plainly stating that Satan's throne rests at the same city where St. Antipas was actually killed. Now, doing a little digging into the story of St. Antipas, biblical researchers determined that St. Antipas' life was taken by an emperor known as Nero in a city called Lyon, that being L-Y-O-N. And like always, please look into this if you don't believe me. This is 100% true. I have full goosebumps. Don't you know that Lion, again, the city where Jesus referred to as being the throne of Satan, happens to be the modern-day Geneva, Switzerland? Again, I literally have chills as I'm saying this because it's one of those things that really makes you consider all things about CERN and everything we know. What are the chances that the most powerful machine maybe that has ever existed in our own world today happens to be the same city where Jesus stated that Satan's throne existed at? Now, I personally certainly have a relationship with God, and I'm not somebody who's going to ever try to force that on anybody, especially on the Between the Lies podcast. But the simple fact is, this level of coincidence certainly makes you think, makes you wonder, makes you ponder. Is it possible that this certain facility is in some type of way contacting Satan? 
We do know that the elites of this world are into some dark shit. That certainly has been something that has been uncovered, even at the highest levels of government, entertainment, etc. Things like Pizzagate, Epstein Island, etc. point to these satanic ties. Some of the most powerful people in the world are known to be alleged Satanists. So is it possible somehow that the CERN facility is simply a facilitator of not just atoms, but of the underworld, and a way to bring Satan back to Earth? You might say that sounds crazy, people might say that sounds crazy, but when you line up all the coincidences, it really makes you ponder, and it's something that I certainly wanted to bring to you guys and present this information to you, because it's not the only thing that ties her into a possible satanic connection, but it is certainly one of the most eye-opening for sure. Another claim about the ties of CERN to Satanism comes in the form of a video that circulated the internet sometime in the last decade or so, in the last seven or eight years. In the video, it quite clearly shows people in fully hooded garb completing what looks to be like some type of dark and satanic ritual right in front of the CERN building, in front of said statue that we spoke about briefly before. Now again, many theorists have pointed out that this is proof that there are satanic ties to CERN, but this particular video unfortunately has all the telltale signs of being a fake. In fact, we have this article stating the European Organization for Nuclear Research has launched an investigation into a video filmed at night on its Geneva campus depicting a mock ritual human sacrifice. The video, again, which circulated online, shows several individuals in black cloaks gathering in the main square at Europe's top physics lab in what appears to be a reenactment of some type of occult ceremony. The video includes the stage stabbing of a woman. It is filmed from the perspective of a secret viewer watching from a window above, who, as the ceremony reaches its climax, lets out a string of expletives and flees with the camera while still running. The ceremony appears to have been staged in front of the statue of the Hindu deity Shiva, like we talked about, that is on permanent display at the complex. CERN would state these scenes were filmed on our premises, but without official knowledge or permission. CERN does not condone this type of spoof, which can give rise to misunderstandings about the scientific nature of our work. So right there, we know that that video, unfortunately, is a fake, and many people, not that they were excited when they saw this, but they thought that it was concrete proof that CERN was satanic. But at the end of the day, if, and if CERN was satanic, they would not openly stage a ritual right in front of the campus where people could take videos. There's just no way they would do it that out in the open. So I hope that many people, while we're watching TikToks and looking at some of these theories, we also have to be able to filter the bullshit. Because with all these theories and information also comes disinformation. And the biggest tool that I've ever had hosting the Between the Lives podcast or just looking into the series as somebody who enjoys them is the fact that you have to be able to decipher what's real or what's fake. You have to do your background research. Otherwise, we're just going to believe anything that comes our way. And a lot of times, these elites and these people in power are going to peddle disinformation as well. So we can't just bite on any bait that's out there, per se. And in this instance, that's exactly what this fake video was. We also have people that have tied CERN to the Gothard Tunnel, which is in Switzerland as well, and a demonic opening ceremony which occurred when it actually opened. Now, the Gothard Base Tunnel, a record-setting 35.4 miles long and further below, grounded than any other tunnel, was inaugurated Wednesday. Um, this would be in 2014. The occasion was marked with a celebration that promoted Swiss values such as innovation, precision, and reliability. 
Now, the most eye-catching part of Wednesday ceremonies was an extended modern dance sequence featuring stone-faced dancers dressed in orange construction gear and boots dancing on and around a flat car. Another sequence featured dancers in white briefs and one figure with wings and an oversized head, while yet another sequence had people covered in suits resembling a cross between a pom-pom and a hay bale. Now, do me a favor, go watch this video. I just want to point out that this tunnel is not directly tied to CERN. The only true ties that I could find to CERN was the fact that it's a tunnel. CERN also digs tunnels, and this tunnel is also in Switzerland. It's not in Geneva, but it's not far off, but it is in Switzerland. But for the sake of speaking about Satanism in Switzerland and getting a little off topic, but nonetheless, please go look up um, this opening ceremony for the Gothard Tunnel. Uh, when you watch this, you will be as unsettled as I was. There's clearly some demonic imagery going on. Some of the world's most powerful people, again, elites, billionaires, etc., also attended this so-called innocent dance ceremony, which even BBC, the British broadcasting company, called Eerie. So, again, this is not tied to CERN in any way, but nonetheless, it is extremely eerie, and it kind of makes you think, if we're talking about the Book of Revelations, excuse me, and all that kind of stuff, is it possible that the devil somehow resides somewhere in Switzerland, and by digging these type of tunnels, they're actually trying to channel something much deeper? When you watch the opening ceremony of this tunnel, I'm sure you'll be as dumbfounded as I was. So after the podcast, please feel free. Go look at that as well. But I do want to let people know that many people have pointed out that CERN is connected to that tunnel. I could not find any proof of that anywhere. But it's possible that CERN is connected to it, just not what I could find. So that's that. Nonetheless, many people on TikTok are claiming that CERN ran the actual event. But if that is the case, unfortunately, it's been scrubbed from the internet. I can't find it literally anywhere, so I'm really unsure about that. That's actually up in the air. Uh, lastly, I do want to talk about some of the timeline theories and some of the stuff that goes into that because we've talked about the demonic, possible, satanic presence at CERN, and obviously if you're manipulating the universe, you're almost playing God. So isn't that in itself demonic and satanic in nature? quite possibly in most people's minds, absolutely it is. But let's talk about the Mandela effect and what many people believe to be CERN basically causing this Mandela effect and some of the things we remember from our childhood that simply are not so anymore, or are they? So let's talk about some concrete examples of the Mandela effect. Let's start with the reason why it's called the Mandela effect. Nelson Mandela, who this series named after, died in 2013. However, countless people distinctly remember him dying in prison in the 1980s. But his death isn't the only example of the Mandela effect. We have been wrong about many dates, details, and more. Or have we? First, we have Jif, not Jiffy. So, growing up, I remember Jiffy being the peanut butter. I distinctly remember it being called Jiffy, and now it's just magically called Jif. And many people are claiming that it was never called Jiffy at all. Some people remember that it was. But nonetheless, is that some type of break in a timeline? You have to wonder. We have Looney Tunes, not Tunes. So I remember Looney Tunes being spelled T-O-O-N-S. But apparently the whole time it's been Looney Tunes as in T-U-N-E-S. Another thing that makes you wonder. The Berenstein Bears. So I remember it being spelled the Berenstein, Steen being S-T-E-I-N, like Epstein, unfortunately. 
Um, but it is now said that it's the Berenstain Bears and that it's with an A, and that's one that's captured people for a long time. Things like Curious George's tail. I remember Curious George having a tail, but now Curious George apparently never had a tail. Otherwise, we have, let's see, Oscar Meyer. I remember it being spelled Oscar, M-E-Y-E-R. Now we have it as M-A-Y-E-R, and apparently that has been so forever. Lastly, we have the Monopoly Man, and I want to point out this specific example because it proves a little bit of the theory that I have towards the specific Mandela effect. But anyways, I remember the Monopoly Man having an eyeglass, one specific eyeglass, and millions and millions of people remember that being so. Now, these days, the Monopoly Man does not have that eyeglass, and it's been said that he never had the eyeglass. And again, it's just everybody psychologically remembering this wrong. So, this girl on TikTok... The TikTok escapes me. I bookmarked it. I can't find it. But nonetheless, she bought a Monopoly game sometime from the 1990s. And in it, she actually revealed live to the audience that he did have the eyeglass on his eye. So it really makes you wonder, and here's the theory where it comes basically to a head here. It makes you wonder, there's so many things that have been corrected to different stuff. Like we remember the Bear Steen is now Bear Stain. Jiff, Jiffy, peanut butter, etc., that we remember it one way and now it's a completely different way. And we've convinced ourselves that we just remembered it wrong or it's some type of timeline jump. But based on the Monopoly Man theory and the fact that the girl was able to backtrack and find that in fact the Monopoly Man did have that eyeglass on his eye, it really makes you wonder. Is the Mandela effect some type of large psychological operation? When I break it down and think about all my knowledge of conspiracies and all my knowledge of government, etc., it would really make sense. Is it possible that this is some type of large-scale psyop to make us literally remember the past completely differently? Is it possible that governments on a large scale want to see if they can convince people of a total lie and see if they can apply that to politics and other worldly events in the future. I mean, it's certainly possible. Many people have speculated about the Mandela effect and being proof of an alternate timeline at CERN. But lastly, I want to leave you with some thoughts on CERN and my idea of what CERN has truly affected. And again, this is just my hypothesis. Now, CERN is definitely throwing particles at each other. They are not denying that they are altering the universe or opening tiny black holes, causing the fabric of the universe possibly to change forever. They're not denying that. Go on their website, read everything they say. They're very political with their statements. They speak like politicians, especially on the website and in any official statements. But nonetheless, they never completely deny that they're interrupting the fabric of our universe. I have noticed, I'm 27 now, I have noticed maybe in the last five years or so that I feel like time has shifted and time just moves at an uncontrollable pace. Now, many people attribute this when I tell them about this theory I have. Oh, maybe it's just because you're getting older. When you get older, the time really flies. But I will say I want people to reach out to me and I want to know other people's opinions. Do you guys feel like time has been moving at an uncontrollable rate and that time moves differently now than it ever did before? Because many people point out 2008 when the Large Hadron Collider actually came out to be the genesis of this, although I can only think of it in the last five to seven years. 
But nonetheless, it does feel like there's been a shift in the universe, especially in the last four years or so, four years or so, excuse me, some of the craziest shit ever has happened. I mean, literally, look at who we have in the White House, look at some of the stuff that's going on with elections, and just literally America turned upside down, the world being turned upside down, possibly headed for World War III, we have Vladimir Putin and China on the same page, other things like that that we thought we would just never see happen, and it's all literally unfolding right in front of our eyes, and that's why many people also point to the fact that they believe we may be at the end of times, and unfortunately, sometimes I consider that to be a distinct possibility. Nonetheless, I just wanted to deep dive into CERN, let you know about some of the so-called satanic ties, which we did find some, but not all of them to be true. But keep in mind that CERN is a billion dollar a year, and that's what they're admitting to, funded place, funded scientific center. Um, And when they say that they're simply throwing atoms at each other and just observing it, I'm sorry, but I don't believe that. I believe on a large scale there possibly to be time travel involved. I believe there to be different universes that we don't know about. And remember, again, as I always say, knowledge is power. So these governments are going to hold these secrets until the end. It's the same reason we haven't found out the concrete information about aliens yet. It's because if we found this kind of stuff out, maybe we would know the secret to life, which is maybe that we're in charge of our own destiny or we create our own universe. And unfortunately, these governments, they don't want people like me and you to realize that we are more powerful than we really think. So there's a lot that goes into it, but I don't want us to just believe that CERN is just throwing atoms at each other and observing it, and there's no actual deeper purpose for the scientific experiments that have been happening there. If they were throwing particles at each other and observing it in 1950, okay, I get it, but it's 2024, a full 74 plus years later. At this point, they've had to have discovered different universes, parallel universes, etc., more truth to the galaxy and everything we know. Is it possible that everything we know is a lie and CERN and these type of companies, billionaires, Everybody involved, all the countries involved, hold all these secrets. Yes, it is very possible. Unfortunately, we may never know, but this is the type of subject that really gets me invigorated, and I'm ready to talk about it, and I'm just ready to dive into it. I did want to apologize to the people who were expecting this episode around Wednesday or Thursday, as I put on my TikTok earlier in the week. I did have some technical difficulties as well as I had a horrible stomach bug that went around my family. I literally didn't eat for three days, and I'm just kind of now getting back to eating solid food and feeling like myself again. So I've been doing the research, but I just didn't feel well enough to actually record the podcast, at least last night. But I'm feeling better tonight. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Between the Lies podcast, where we deep dive into whatever wicked or warped subject we might find our way into. I appreciate every single person listening. I will see you guys next week. I'm planning to drop an episode in the next six or seven days. I'm really trying to just stay on that schedule. Hopefully, you know, I don't have any exterior things get in the way. I'm going to do my best to get it out in six to seven days and continue posting TikToks along the way. Again, my TikTok, Between the Lies podcast, no spaces, no hyphens, no numbers, all lowercase on TikTok. Otherwise, you could reach me by reaching out on TikTok Or you can listen to the Between the Lies podcast, which you are right now, and I am oh so appreciative of it. 
thank you guys as always for contributing ideas, likes, comments, negative and positive feedback. I appreciate every single thing that's coming my way. And I'm doing everything I can to make the Between the Lies podcast the most successful podcast of all time. Thank you again, as always. I'm your host, signing off. Until next time.